you weren't put on this earth just to be a stepmom. You weren't put on this earth just to be somebody's wife. So how can we take your role? And I think that the step family system does one amazing thing in that it puts a magnifying glass up to all of these insecurities that somebody has. Those things were already there, right? So now you are given a blessing by going into a step family being like, oh, I'm jealous. Maybe I should do some work on my self-worth. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the princess and the bee. I am so excited because today I have an extraordinary guest. She is a fellow Enneagram 8, which is like my soul sister. Um, And she, so you know this podcast is going to be already fire. When you have two eights come together, the challenger, we, it it is going to be a leveling up of epic proportions and rightfully so, because today I have on Brittany Lynch. She is a writer, speaker, and registered nurse, and the first and only premium stepmom coach. She helps stepmothers create fulfilled and purposeful lives both inside and outside their homes so they can enjoy even more health and wealth and abundance. Yes! Brittany is is a contributing writer to Stepmom Magazine, the founder of StepQueen.com, and the brains and the beauty behind her signature Queen of the Castle transformative coaching process. And dang, this is like soul sister style like so Queens unite right queens unite queens unite and queens support queens 150 percent welcome to the program thank you so much for having me i'm so excited i am so excited to have you on so tell me as a premium the first and only premium stepmom coach notice the language there that, that's very like enneagram eight like <laughs> like leadership <laughs> language um but as the first and only premium stepmom coach other coaches in that in your space what are some band-aid solutions that mm. stepmoms are normally sold versus what you do and what you how you help stepmoms Kim, this is such a great question, and thank you for asking. Uh, so, I'm gonna. When I started as a stepmom coach, people would come to me and they would say things like, "I need help disciplining my stepkids. I need help not being jealous about my partner's ex-wife. Right? I need really kind of surface level issues." So I'd go and I would do the coaching, but people just were not getting this transformation that I wanted for them. And so when I really pulled it apart further you know, and through my own personal development journey and through my own journey, through my own life, I've realized that when we have these symptoms on the outside of our lives, you know, like when somebody else triggers us, when we're feeling jealous about somebody, when we're judging Mm -hmm. somebody, that has nothing to do with that other person. So where I take my clients that 
the other stepmom coaches out there don't is to go a level deeper. And so what I say is we get to the root of, of what is happening in your life. And what we find is that there are roots. Usually it's ingrained in self-worth because as women, what does society tell, tell us, tell, what does society tell us our worth is, right? Mm-hmm. So that's usually the place that it starts is at the root of our self-worth, right? Like if you have a strong self-worth, you're not going to be jealous that your husband was married before. So when we start pulling out those roots and we work backward from the symptom that's showing up, what ends up happening is that women get the courage to go and ask for a raise or they start scaling their businesses or they start doubling their prices, right? Because when you can pull all that ugly dead shit up that's been holding you back. And like when you pull up those roots, you can plant something beautiful in their place. And then now your stepkids aren't even a a problem to you, right? Now you're ready to go on and take on the world. So that's, that's what, that's my differentiating factor. That's what makes me premium because I don't believe in band-aids because they're just a band-aid. They're going to get soggy. They're going to fall off and that wound is still there. Amen. So I know you were a registered nurse before becoming a full-time stepmom coach. What inspired this shift to go from a nursing practice into coaching and owning your own business? <sighs> Another great question. So as a fellow Enneagram 8, I would, imagine, yeah. I would imagine that you could envision what it feels like as a strong woman who hates being told what to do to be a cog in the system of a, a patriarchal system. So I went into nursing specifically. Okay, I'll back up. I'm going to go back. I'm three years old. I'm three years old and I learn how to read. And when I start kindergarten, I get taken out of kindergarten to go write right? This is what I was put on this earth to write and to to use the word to empower people. Mm -hmm. So here I am now, uh, my mom encouraged me to go into medicine, right? Do something safe, go into a science, don't. So I chose to go into nursing for a, a few reasons, but it was the safe choice, right? And so here I am in this system that I don't fit inside of as the kind of person that I am, and I was like, why does it, why do I hate being told what to do so much? Like, <laughs> why, why is it that if somebody, anyone with any kind of status over or under me tells me what to do, it just like makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of things about that position. And I'm not, I'm not shitting on nurses. Like nurses are so amazing. So many people were made to be nurses and I love them for that. Me, I was not, right? I was, I was put on this earth. I'm a challenger, right? I have to challenge yep. the system. I have to get out there. I can't be told what to do. I want to set my own hours. I want to set my own level of how much income that I can bring in. My high, highest value is freedom. And none of those pieces fit for me. Mine in, is the same. <laughs> in the nursing career. Yep. Right? I, I'd say that I am the worst employee. Like I've worked, I've worked at at a job like for a hot second and I just am the worst employee because I'll look at the system and see all the ways that it can be fixed and enhanced and become more effective. And not some, for some reason, bosses don't appreciate that always. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, they sure don't. They sure don't. Some do. Some are great leaders. So you mentioned that as a child that you dreamed of being a writer. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you incorporate what you dreamed of being as a child with what you're doing now helping stepmoms? What are the similarities? How did you connect the two? 
honestly, my becoming a stepmom coach was a complete, I want to say complete accident, but I don't believe in coincidences. Neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) So I was on maternity leave. I'm Canadian. So I got a year of maternity leave with my first son. Right. And, uh, I was on maternity leave and I made it to about two and a half months after maternity leave. And I was like, okay, my brain needs to do something. I can't just, I can't, I can't do this. I need to do something to keep myself busy. So I, I, I remembered being in my early stepmom days, how hard it was for me and just how there was no support for stepmoms, nothing positive, mm-hmm. right? Nothing positive. So I said, well, everyone else who's a mom blog. So I'll start, a, I'll start a blog, but I'm not going to do a mom blog. I'll start a stepmom blog. And it just started snowballing. So my intention was just to start writing and writing a blog just as something for fun to take me to the time that I went back to work. Um, but I've, I've just always been drawn back to writing. And I've always had that voice in the back of my mind saying, you're supposed to be a writer, right? And now I look back at what I've manifested and I have a blog that has a f- f- substantial amount of traffic to it. I'm a contributing writer to Stemma Magazine. I'm a speaker. I write content all of the time. Like I am a writer. I am a writer. Hell yeah. Own it. Yeah. Own it. I love it. So I know that you had like in one of your most recent, most, I would say vulnerable um, Instagram posts, you shared openly about being raped, being the daughter of an addict, being raised by a single mom, having an eating disorder, many things that you and I both share in common. Um, with those past experiences, when did you realize the amount of power that you actually have to shift from instead of having a victim mindset around those experiences to having the victor mindset mm. that you have now? Another great question. You're full of great questions, Kim. Uh, the so power of I- coaching. <laughs> it's right. Like we, we're, we get used to asking question. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, but when it gets asked on you, it has a whole different weight. Yes. Uh, So I would love to say that there was like a defining moment, like a switch that flipped for me. Uh, But honestly, honestly, it just was a a very slow progression. Um, I actually, maybe that's kind of a lie. When my husband and I first uh, got together, I was struggling with stepmom stuff so much, right? I was struggling with, Mm. I was so jealous of his ex-wife. I was so resentful toward his son. And I, like I shared in this post, right? I was, I was mad at my husband for loving me. Oh yeah. Because I was so low in my self-worth and I had all of these stories that I was reliving from my entire life up until then about why I wasn't worthy, why everything had happened to me, poor me, my dad's dead, like I hate my body, blah, 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 blah. And so I just had those things on repeat in my mind. And it actually got to a point uh, with my husband that it was, it was kind of at a crossroads of like, you need to figure your shit out or we are not going to be able to continue in this relationship. Like I have a child, right? I yeah. have a child and you're a hot mess. So that started my journey into, that was the first time that I went to therapy. And so I started seeing a psychotherapist and it was like, it was like the blinders came off. And it was really, I did some, I did some trauma work. I did some EMDR therapy, which was hugely helpful for me. Yeah. Uh, and then once I kind of got to the place of, um, of needing more than therapy was able to offer me, then I started into a personal development journey. And when I started the personal development journey, that's when like everything came with rocket fuel. Cause I was like, Whoa, look at everything from up here. Right? Like, look at this bird's eye view. 
oh, yeah. happened to me. This is all happening for me. So yeah, therapy, I guess, was the, the, the catalyst. And then personal development was the rocket fuel. Now, I know you and I have a very similar mentor, uh, the amazing and talented Jim Fortin. So what drew you into his program and how has the power of going through coaching served you? My, okay, so when I started my blog and it took off the way that it did, I decided I needed to get a business coach because I was schooled in a traditional education system. I was raised by a worker, right? And I was taught that the only way to make money is through work, which I know is not true. Uh, but I was taught, you know, go to work, work hard, to be, be happy with being middle class. Like that's better than other people. And so I, I was good at school, but I had no idea. I honestly didn't know people owned businesses until I was in my like 20s. Wow. Like I didn't understand that there were actual human beings with lives and families that went to work every day and opened up buildings. I just thought the buildings existed. Like I didn't, I couldn't conceptualize this. So I was very green when it came to the business world. And so I was at home, my blog was starting to take off. I was starting to get kind of a little bit of a following on social media and people were saying, you know, like you're helping me, blah, blah, blah. But I said, I don't know what to do now. Right. And since I was so attached to school, I said, I need someone to show me. So I, my first business coach, um, I did not have the money for her. I will tell you that right now. I did not have the money for her, but I also cannot express the value of information that I have because of the systems that she gave me. Amen. And, and it saved me like the upfront investment. Maybe I didn't have that at the time, but what it, what it gave me was a plan. And without that plan, I would have just been floundering around, throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping something stuck. So fast forward now a few years and I, I, uh, got an invite through someone she knows to sign up for Jim Fortin. And then he just, Jim just kept popping up in my, in my radar. And I was like, okay, this is worth exploring. So I went through a challenge of his and I was like, yeah, this is, this is the missing piece. This this Jim Fortin piece. But I, I really think that we don't know what we don't know. And if you don't have a coach to say, like, maybe you're hung on this little tree branch right here, right? Like maybe your back pocket is caught up on this stick and that's why you just can't quite get over this hump. It's always great to have another pair of eyes. It's always great. To, we, as humans, we were put on this planet to have our own experience and no one's experiences are the same. And sometimes these little golden nuggets will never get, we can't think our way through those, right? Like having a coach has been the most, coaches, mentors have been extremely helpful in all areas of my life, not just in my business. You know, like I'm, I'm a better mom. I'm a better stepmom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better sister. I'm a better everything because of coaching. Amen. Same here. Mm-hmm. And, and again, very similar experiences. Like you and I, like when I hired my first coach, I did not have the money for it either. But it was because I found out I was pregnant that I was like, I cannot not work with this woman. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew the shift needed to happen. Mm-hmm. So what, what is the biggest lesson that you have learned along your journey, opening up your own business, be, coaching stepmoms around the world? Like what has been the biggest lesson that you have learned? Human pain is the same no matter who the person is. Every human is allowed to experience their own experiences and it is not my responsibility to live somebody's life for them. Like I'll hold the flashlight 
I can hold the flashlight, but I cannot carry you. That's the, I, and I, I mean, growing up in a house of addiction, I'm sure that you, that you might resonate with this, but it's like you're, when you're so used to caretaking and like hiding who you are and pretending everything is okay and fixing other people, it was, it was a, a difficult thing for me to take a step back and say, I can show up a hundred percent for you, but you also need to show up a hundred percent for you. So that was a, one of the biggest shifts for me. Like when my clients weren't getting the results that I wanted for them, I had to realize this is not my life, right? I can only hold the flashlight. I can only do so much. I am cheering right now so hard. That is <laughs> seriously, because that is exactly just allowing people to have their own journey and allowing them to show up, uh, giving them the space and the permission to do so can sometimes be enough. Sometimes it's not on the timeline that you or they expect and allowing for the the trust that the flashlight is still going to shine its light because you've already illuminated that there's that space that they can lean into. Absolutely. That, that is powerful. So where, where does your drive come from? What, what is your big why with this mission that you have for stepmoms? Like if you were to sum that up into just a couple sentences for what you would love to see the shift around stepmom culture be. I honestly, as much, I don't know, how do I put this in one sentence? As much as I do it for stepmoms, I do it. I call myself jokingly, I, I'm a feminist in stepmoms clothing, right? I want to see women show up rubbing shoulders equally with men in how much they're being paid, how much parenting responsibility falls on their shoulders. I say falls on their shoulders, that's bad language. How much parenting responsibility each partner shares if you are in a a man and female union. But really, I want to see women have the same amount of seats at the table. Uh, And from that, I want to see our upcoming generations get rid of traumas and limiting beliefs and all of these cycles that keep our society sick and sad. So even though stepmoms are kind of are my niche, uh, I have a much bigger, I have a much bigger dream for it than helping a stepmom figure out like how to deal with her partner's ex, right? Like this is, it all, it all ripples. Everything ripples, whether it's positive or negative. Amen. And I love that you preach ownership from the freaking rafters. So what does ownership have to do with creating a ripple effect? I think that when somebody is able to take 100% personal responsibility for who they are, how they show up in this world, what they have done, what people have done to them, when they are able to shift that and say, I take responsibility now for how I show up into the world, instead of like, if you're, if you stay in this place of being a victim then that ripples out too. Then you're rippling out, poor me, poor me, poor me, teaching your kids, poor me, poor me, poor me. But when you learn to step into who you are, step into your power and say, this has happened for me. And I take responsibility for how I choose to show up now. You know, what happened to me wasn't my fault, but I take responsibility for how I show up now. Then that looks like a whole other ripple that you now teach your kids, right? Like teaching your kids, like, I don't want to say turn the other cheek or put your head in the sand, but sometimes that's the only, sometimes that's the only option. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's, it's 
I always say that children will listen to what you do more than what you say. So when you're holding back on really leaning into saying you can do, you can have whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, but then they see your actions holding back, playing small, crumbling, imploding, self-sabotaging, they're not going to trust that that's actually true. 100%. You know, it's funny. I've already started doing, I have a two-year-old son and I've already started doing mirror work with him. You know, like say in the mirror, say, I love you, Rory. And he laughs and thinks it's funny, but it's, these are things I wish, I wish would have been in the consciousness of my parents when I came into the world. So now I get to take this and I t- get to, you know, do meditations with my, with my son, even though he won't stay still for more than one. Right? <laughs> I still, it's still when they don't know anything other, any different, you get to do that with them. Exactly. Like, I love the fact that my two-year-old goes outside and he loves to punch the bag. Like we have a, a punching bag in a gym outside mm-hmm. and he goes outside with, with my husband and he'll, he's like, I punch bag mama. And then he comes in. I'm like, did you have a good workout? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Amazing. But training that, that health and working out is important and living by that example. Absolutely. So looking at the, the culture around the term stepmom, like there's a lot of negative connotations that come with that terminology. Mm-hmm. So what would you love to see that term shift into? How do you shift the conversation around what really is a stepmom versus a step queen? <laughs> well, I have a lot of opinions about this. And so <laughs> I I um there is, there are kind of divisions within the stepmom world. Um, some stepmoms call, call themselves bonus moms, and some stepmoms call themselves stepmoms. And the bonus mom uh, thought is that I call myself a bonus mom because I'm the gentle kind, right? I'm the not wicked kind, so yeah. I call myself something different. So, from the way that I see it, is that in the family system, in the step family system specifically, there's a totem pole, like a hierarchy, and stepmom more often than not falls at the bottom of that hierarchy just because of the way the system is is. And now, when we have bonus moms going and saying. I'm the gentle kind of stepmom. Now we've created a divide between the kinds of stepmoms that there are. And so like we're segregating ourselves from ourselves by doing this. So I was very intentional with keeping the word step into in my, uh, in my business name, because I think that the only way to change the conversation about it is by embracing our role, learning about the specific, like what specifically happens in a step family system that creates these feelings and how now can we take stepmom and let her evolve? Like you're not just a stepmom, right? You weren't put on this earth just to be a stepmom. You weren't put on this earth just to be somebody's wife. So how can we take your role? And I think that the step family system does one amazing thing in that it puts a magnifying glass up to all of these insecurities that somebody has. Those things were already there, right? So now you are given a blessing by going into a step family being like, oh, I'm jealous. Maybe I should do some work on my self-worth, right? <laughs> so it's about being, allowing yourself to be a stepmom, taking all of those triggers that this magnifying glass of the step family has shown to you, loving that, embracing that pulling those roots up, planting something beautiful in their place, and then stepping into who you were put on this earth to be outside of your home. 
Amen. And I love the fact that what you said of the magnifying glass, but the first thing that that is necessary for that is some form of self-awareness, like somebody who's unconsciously incompetent around being self-aware. They're not going to look at that world that they're entering into as a mirror. They're going to see it as, as how a lot of people generally respond to it. So how do you how do you shift from that space of almost unconscious incompetence of, of in the four stages of learning? Like how do you shift into conscious incompetence where you at least are aware of what you don't know and you know that you need to know more and you know that you need to get some new tools and new resources? Like how do you guide people to shift to, into that space where they're actually looking at their step family or at their family as, as the mirror that is providing them with feedback? It's, it's funny. I call what I do the bait and switch. <laughs> so so uh, usually, and when I say usually, I mean almost every single time when somebody comes to me for coaching, they're looking like for very specific, very specific solutions about a very specific one problem in their step family, right? Um, but the reason I don't do one-off coaching sessions is because that want that is a symptom of the problem. Yes. So, so I I only I only do extended periods of time for coaching packages for this specific reason. So once we kind of start pulling it apart, you know, we look at what are your stories about this? You know, what has society told you you're supposed to believe about this? How has society told you you're supposed to believe like show up in this place? And I mean anything that triggers you, period is because of a story that you're telling yourself. So, so I would say the only, the only, for me, if anyone says I need help with my step family, that's good enough for me to get in there and be like, okay, let's pull these roots up. Right. And then now where else can we take this? And I also, I lead by example, you know, I, I show up on, on social media and on my coaching calls. I am myself. I swear. I don't apologize for being big. I don't apologize for being an eight. In fact, I embrace it. Right? <laughs> yep. Even though, even though my whole life I, I tried making myself smaller and prettier and putting a bow in my hair and being quiet and not making waves, right? I had to decondition myself through that. So I think that the more people that share honestly and get vulnerable about, you know, I thought that this was my issue, but it wasn't, right? And the more people, people think vulnerability is, is weakness, but I believe that vulnerability is the strongest thing that somebody can show because it shows that you don't, that thing doesn't have power over you anymore. Amen. And I think that there is like, there's a spectrum of vulnerability where I think when you hit the target on, on where you see it not have power, but sometimes I've seen this, at least in the online space, there's, there's a level of vulnerability where it seems like they haven't kind of gotten over their shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know, but I think that there's a difference of like, that's not vulnerability, that's attention seeking or validation, right? Like if you're seeking validation by sharing your story, that comes from a very different place than saying it's okay to be a human. It's okay that bad things happen to you, right? Like this, this thing doesn't have power. Then you, because then you're not checking how many likes you get on that post. Then you're not like, oh, yeah, it, it feels it feels different. It has a different energy about it. it I totally agree with you because I've I've seen like the things that you post and like when I read that last post that you made about sharing 
everything that you have gone through. And I'm like, damn girl, well done. Like mm-hmm. it's a different energy that you literally feel of ownership of your story, of your past of like, Hey, this happened. It has no power versus the attention seeking, the validation of like, let me dive into all the details of all the horrible things that happened to me in my life. Um, and that's, it's, it's really comes down to the base of uh, the foundation of like a victim mindset versus a growth mindset of one where everything is happening for you. 100% victim or victorious. That's my, I, I ask my clients that all the time. Are you being victim or are you being victorious right now? Like, which do you choose? Because you get to choose. It's always a choice. Always a hundred percent. So let's flip the switch for a second and talk about how, how can step dads learn something from this? Because I think that that's a conversation that can also be addressed in the difficulties that come with just step parenting in, in general. I think that I like my ex my expertise is specifically to step moms, but I do have a post degree certification in step family counseling. So I know what I know from a book and I know what I know. And I know what I know from having friends who are stepdads. but I would say that as a general rule, Stepdads have a different, a different kind of respect given to them. Like when a stepdad comes in, they're usually praised and they're like, you know, good for you for taking on somebody else's kids and stepping up and financially supporting and, you know, being that father figure, da, 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 da. And I think it boils down to whether or not people want to admit it, there is still inequality between men and women in our society. So when a woman comes in as the stepmom, she is kind of cast as like the other woman or, yeah. or the, the uh, homewrecker, right? Or the wicked witch where the dad, the stepdad comes in and he's praised and prized for taking on that responsibility. And so I know that, I know that stepdads do have their own unique experiences and they have their own unique struggles. And also men need feminism too, because men are not often able to talk about the way that it feels to them um, or the struggles that they're having or whether they are feeling insecure about, you know, their partner's ex-husband. And I'm, sh- and I'm sure that they do, but it, I, I haven't seen it talked about in the same way, which means there's not as much negativity. So it's maybe a, a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that any time that you are put into a family system that was not your system to begin with, there's going to be some growing pains as people figure out what are their rules, what are their roles, what are their responsibilities, what works for that family, how do I carve my space out that feels best for me and not based on what other people expect from me. So what is one thing that you would love to see ex-wives embrace about stepmoms? Mm. This is this goes both ways. Um I, I would like any mom and ex-wife to know that if a stepmom, if you feel a stepmom is, you know, overstepping or a homewrecker or whatever, like if you are being triggered by a stepmom, 
then as gently as I can say this, I would, I would invite you to take a look at where is a piece in you, where is a root in you, a piece of you that needs to be healed. Because as a society as a whole, it's easier for us to cast our pain onto other people. And it is a it is a complex situation for every single person involved. And the easiest way to get through it is just to treat the other person with compassion, have strong boundaries, and and heal yourself. Amen. Amen. So this is one of my favorite questions because a lot of people in my audience struggle with failure. And the the fear of failure, the perception of maybe failed a failed marriage. I know I had a lot of shame around around my first uh, failed marriage, um, my only one, <laughs> fortunately. But like, so what would you say is your absolute favorite failure? Whether it's as a stepmom or in your life or in your business, um, what would you say is your absolute favorite failure? I personally love failure because failure to me means that's a no-go, right? Like if I failed at something, I'm like, okay, I know for certain that this doesn't work. Like I would rather have a failure than like a half-assed result because if I have a half-assed result, it's like, okay, it's not there yet. It's not a failure. Something's happened, but this is more work. Whereas if it's a failure, it's like, no, I can move on. I can get, I can put my attention somewhere else. So this might seem counterintuitive, but honestly, what comes to mind is my, my biggest failure in life was anything that came easy to me. So throughout school, I was a very high achiever, but I didn't try. And so I got straight A's and high grades, but I didn't try. So, so that to me is a failure because I didn't learn, like I didn't have, I didn't have the, the entrepreneur bones in my body when yeah. I started by when I started because I was so used to perfection basically falling into my lap. So entrepreneurship was a, was a rude awakening for me. Cause I'm like, what do you mean? Right. What do you mean? What is happening here? But then I, but then I learned to sink my teeth into, into that failure and be like, okay, like this is good. It doesn't mean anything about me as a person. And right. Like I'm not a failure. This is just, this idea was not the best one. So let's figure it out. Yeah, I love the idea of prototyping. Like yes. failures are just like, oh, that prototype didn't work. Okay. Back to the drawing board. I say that all back, back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely spent my fair share of time reframing. I don't even use the word failure anymore, except for in the context of that question. Um, but I now just call them growth opportunities. <laughs> like that's because that's exactly you learn a little from your successes, but not as much as you do from your failures and normally what I've seen is I'm sure is what you've seen is those epic failures like they just precede a fantastic breakthrough or fantastic success and how much better like I'm when I okay I'm not even going to tell you how many effing Facebook ads I ran before I had one that worked (laughs) oh girl yeah same here (laughs) and the f- I have goosebumps right now thinking about like, when I finally got that Facebook ad, I was like, victory! I am a goddess! I am amazing! But I hadn't had 17 bazillion flops before then, it wouldn't have felt as good, right? 
Amen. But then you have to be like, okay, that worked. So like, keep moving now. Now what? Right? Yeah. Now what? Now like what? integrate yeah. the win and then next celebrate level. The win. Celebrate the win. Always. Always. Yeah. And then what's next? So let's move into a little bit of rapid fire, shall we? Shall we? All right. We shall. (laughs) So who is your favorite female character in a movie and why? Oh, God. Uh, Katniss Everdeen. And she's a badass babe. And she slays. (laughs) And she challenges the system. (laughs) So if you were queen of a country, what would be your prime focus? Ooh, equality. Or personal development. I would make everyone have to do personal development. Equally. Everyone has to do personal development equally. Yes. (laughs) If your palace had a swear jar, how much money would you have to put in it daily and how much would you charge yourself? (laughs) It's funny. Actually, I I was just talking to a client. I was just talking to a client about this. And I love the F word. I would, I would happily put money in the F word as an investment into me becoming myself. And I would pay myself millions of dollars every time I said it because I love the word fuck and I think it's so powerful. I think an appropriately timed and placed fuck is so glorious. And that when there is no, like sometimes there is just no better word to describe the experience than fuck. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Amazing. It's amazing. It's it's a glorious, glorious condense yes. word with a little bit. Of, it's got the kick of the K at the end. It's just like yes. linguistically, it's it's satisfying. Like it's <laughs> so spicy. It's like the best punctuation ever. Like, yeah, and so versatile. Exactly. Exactly. It crosses all boundaries, all borders. Yes. yes. It's, yes. It is. It is. It is an equal opportunity fuck. So <laughs> what woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? Ooh, Marie Forleo. Yes. She's also a stepmom. Did you know that? Yeah, she is. Uh, but she is my, like, when I grow up, I want to be Marie Forleo. I think she's beautiful with what she's doing for the world. I love that she's a stepmom and she's a powerhouse because she shows, like, you are not more, you're more than just a stepmom. But I love her. Yeah, 100%. What message would you want to share with the world? Love yourself. That's it. Love yourself. And lastly, how do you crown yourself? Mm, I literally have crowns. I've li- I literally have crowns. I literally <laughs> have crowns. Yeah. <laughs> I, literally, I literally wear crowns. Um, Man, I don't know. I just, I just, I just uh, allow myself to be myself. That's how I crown myself. I'm allowed to be who I am and I'm a fucking queen. Hell yes. Hell yes. Hell yes. So, Brittany, where can we find you? How can we learn more about you? If there are stepmoms in the audience who are like, damn, I could use a little bit of love. I could step into my power a bit more. I could. I, I wish I understood boundaries a bit better. Um, how do we find you? How do we connect with you? Thank you for asking. My favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. You can find me at the step queen. My website is stepqueen.com. And if you want to book a, your first discovery call with me, it is free. You can book it either through my website or on my Instagram. 
Also, I have a podcast in coming out in January, and it is called Queen of Your Castle. So you Woohoo! Me there. Amazing, amazing! I love it, Brittany. Thank you so much for coming on. Lastly, I'd love to ask, what did you love about this conversation? Oh, what didn't I love about this conversation? I felt like I was having a conversation with myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kim, you, you and I are, you and I are soul sisters living soul parallel sisters. lives. Yeah. Parallel lives. So yeah. it's, it's been so fun. I, lo- I love this. I could talk all day to you. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. As always, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Ciao. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.